You're listening to In the Books, a period drama podcast hosted by two crazy fangirls. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me at Musings on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Rita. I live in England and I'm at Adoying Rita on Instagram and Twitter. And welcome to our discussion of Mr. Malcolm's List. Finally! Yes! Um, <laughs> now, it's a period drama set in Regency England, where a young woman helps her friend get revenge on a suitor who publicly rejected her for failing a requirement on his list of qualifications for a bride. That's the plot <gasps> summary, but so much more happens. Exactly. <laughs> this film had a really interesting journey to the screen. The screenwriter, Suzanne Allian, has been publishing books since 2001. Uh, Mr. Malcolm's List was written as the second book in a two-book contract, but it never ended up getting published because the imprint that published her first book closed down right around 9-11. Really uh, weird. <laughs> wow. But everything points back to that moment. Wow. Well, she ended up self-publishing the book in 2009, and one of her reviewers said she would love to see it as a film. So she adapted the novel into a script and in 2011 submitted it to a few different competitions. And that's when the first time director, Emma Holly Jones, read it and became determined to direct it as a feature. In 2019, they released a short film as a teaser to the feature version and partnered with Vice Studios' Refinery29. It starred Gemma Chan as Julia Thistlewood and got a huge amount of online attention and buzz, which secured the feature film financing. And the novel finally got a major publishing contract and was released in 2020. Just in time for the pandemic! <laughs> the filming kept being pushed back because of COVID, so the cast changed around a lot. At one point, Constance Wu and Sam Hugan were signed on to play Julia and Henry, but mm. two weeks before the filming started in Ireland in 2021, remember that was like before vaccinations, uh, mm. they had to drop out due to the logistics of quarantining and shit. So oh, the film God. had to recast the, these main roles in like 48 hours and luckily they ended up with the truly delightful Zari Ashton and Theo James. Oh my gosh. Um, it was released on July 1st in the US and Canada, and then on demand 20 days later. <laughs> um, in the UK, it was released in cinemas on the 26th of August. We're still waiting for its on demand release. <laughs> it's October for anybody listening in the future uh, and if you live in Australia it's not even out in the cinemas until November 21st which oh, is a crime no. like what's going on this is insane please um oh. Mr. Malcolm's List has an 82% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes which is hella good and my favourite review came from Linda Merrick of the Jewish Chronicle who said of course it's all very unoriginal but that's kind of the point in fact, there's something courageous about a film which doesn't purport to be anything beyond the well-established genre it seeks to emulate. Mm -hmm. But what do professional critics know about anything? You're uh -huh. here to hear our uninformed opinion, and by Jove, are we going to give it to you? Amen. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yes. Michelle, when was the first time you heard about this movie? Um, it was... Um, Actually, you mentioned it as we were um, preparing to get into Bridgerton. Um, and I remember that you said, you know, we're going to have to check this one out. And uh, I was like, oh, yes, this is definitely on the list for us to to watch and uh, share our thoughts and feelings. Um, how about you? When did you first hear about it? So I actually heard about this movie about me two years ago. Mm. I read this article on the BBC 
I think the title was something like, is it time for the all-white period drama be made extinct or something? Um, And it interviewed Emma Holly-Jones, the director, and she talked about her short film, Mr. Malcolm's List. So I watched the short um, and was like, oh my god, this is such a good idea. They should make this. I was very pumped. Um, I think one of the things... Um, that sort of bugged me about the discourse around this film, especially online, has been like, oh, it's just a Bridgerton knockoff <laughs> and the accusations around that. But I hope that with our little intro, we've explained that this project predates Bridgerton by several yeah. years. Um, and it was, I think, <laughs> in the beginning, a real outlier in Hollywood. They mm-hmm. didn't really understand the vision of an all diverse cast for a period drama like that's why she had to make the short was because they were like wait what why are you <laughs> why do you have a black man as a lead um so yeah i know that it's it's taken a while to get out there it's now 2022 and it seems a bit like it's been done before but frankly um it's i still think it has a lot to offer that bridgerton doesn't and it's very mm-hmm. different and uh i really I really hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, um, (sighs) it it was, you know, and has all of the uh, tropes that we have all come to know and love in our period dramas, um, and maybe not so period dramas, uh, but uh, it didn't feel like it was an, oh, here we go again. (laughs) You know, uh, for me, it was, it was, uh, a really fresh take on what we've seen in uh, period dramas. I guess, like, the book isn't a major aspect of our <laughs> podcast. Um, a, did you know it was based on a book? And B, did you read it? Had no idea uh, that it was based on a book um, initially. And then as I learned a little bit more uh, as I started going down the rabbit hole, um, you know, I began to understand um, the the book. <clears throat> Excuse me. And as far as have I read it, I am listening to the audiobook, um, but I have only gotten to the part where they're in the orangery. Ooh, <laughs> that's one of my favorite bits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I haven't listened to the audio audio um, book, but I hear it's it's quite good, so mm-hmm. I might do that eventually. Um, so I was aware it was a book because of the article, like I said. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, the book hadn't been published yet, at least by a mainstream publisher, mm-hmm. and I only got my copy like a year before the movie came out oh, wow. I was being extra prepared <laughs> um, at the time I remember finding it like really hard to get a hold of yeah. I had to buy it off an independent bookshop in America and get it shipped over which was annoying um, <laughs> you know probably for a bajillion dollars really? well, you know when I, I was in Portugal in June I saw a copy I was in like a really mainstream bookshop I saw a translated <laughs> copy of this book, like, just like, um, so I suspect there's like different publishing rights going on and hijinks yeah. are afoot down in England. But anyway, um, I held off, I had the copy, I re- held off reading it, knowing we were mm. going to do the podcast. Um, so I only read it about a week before I, I ended up watching the movie and I really enjoy it. It's like a really pleasant <laughs> short funny romance it's like oh. 200 pages long guys <laughs> so you could definitely read it in definitely. one night if you want to um and i just find the dialogue mm-hmm. very sharp and witty and the characters are all really interesting takes on some yes. romance archetypes and overall i had a really fun time reading it so highly recommend to listeners if you get the chance yeah. if you can get your hands <laughs> on a copy <laughs> i'm not better um I'm looking forward to finishing it. I mean, you're, well, you're nearly at the end, actually. Seriously? <laughs> it's, it's, it's oh, man. Um, a proposal is afoot. <laughs> anyway, um, what did you expect coming into the movie? Uh, well, uh, you know, I'd seen some of the, uh, you know, tweets 
and, uh, you know, posts on Instagram. So, you know, I was expecting, you know, beautiful costumes. The, I, the And I'm sure we're going to get into it later, but uh, the costumes were beautiful. Um, and um, I was just intrigued by how all this was going to to come together. Uh, and again, uh, just seeing people that look like me, uh, you know, that was really pretty wonderful. So um, I was uh, expecting it to be, you know, a nice, a nice watch. And it actually was a lovely movie to watch. I really enjoyed myself. How about you? Well, I think after reading the book, I was expecting more of a a comedy Mm. or a farce. What I was surprised by when I did watch it was how they managed to bring out uh, some of the like conflicts and depth to the story that like wasn't really there in the because you know romance novels have very strict guidelines for like how much drama and um, (laughs) how the side plots and the characters interact like it's all um has to be quite formulaic so I think they did like a really great job of enhancing what was Mm -hmm. in the book um and considering that the author wrote the screenplay that's quite impressive because usually um they're very precious about what they wrote but she was obviously quite uh, open to adaptation so yeah that's that's that is really that's really great um and you can see it in the finished product definitely um do you think you'll be re-watching it again? Because I've re-watched I think it so. a lot this week. And I was like, I could re-watch this movie forever. It's, like, really wholesome. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's got, like, this light quality that can be enjoyed over and over again. And the performances are really, like, amazing. So I was like, I this is going to be one of those movies yeah. that I can re-watch happily. Like... There are some movies we watched together over quarantine that I will never be watching again. <laughs> like, this one's this one's a keeper. We're glad yeah. that we paid money for this. Um, <laughs> yeah, this um, I would I can definitely find myself um, watching this. You know, if I if I was uh, you know looking for something to cheer me up, yeah, or um, you know just uh, really wanted to take a break from the uh telenovela crazy k-drama stories that i'm in and i just want to get back to something lovely and predictable and really well done so yeah i'll uh, i'll rewatch it i just rented it um on amazon prime uh but i think i may wind up going ahead and and purchasing it there's like what like three dollars difference between yeah. renting it and buying yeah. it so i'm always like what do i take the plunge do i <laughs> um, um so i think one of the my favorite things about the film was the relationship between selena and julia mm-hmm. i think it's really fleshed out compared to the original novel mm. um selena and julia just like uh, I think like the central relationship of the movie Mm -hmm. much more so than the relationships I think um because those like are established predictable and like this is more like the heart Mm -hmm. the heart of the movie Mm -hmm. um I think again like I said the book was more of a traditional romance so I don't think it really had the scope to develop them as much as the movie Mm -hmm. had and I think in some ways it's it's important that romances do this because I think like this is a genre that appeals to women and that is in many ways about women and you know there's many different kinds of love and I think that we need to like acknowledge friendship in romances as Mm -hmm. well because it's like a really good catalyst for a lot of storylines as well and I I loved that moment where Julia apologizes and explains that she was jealous because I think that's such like a a normal part of any female friendship 
especially like a really long one, mm-hmm. there's just like this natural tendency to compare your life to others. And sometimes the resentment can grow and it's just like, also part of being a woman because society often judges us against each other all the time. So we're always yes. like, we start doing it to each other and then we're like, oh shit, sh- <laughs> sorry, I didn't know I was doing that. And I think it would have, and I just like, like that being reflected on screen sometimes mm-hmm. because I think it would have been really easy to have like a good girl versus bad girl. Like, oh, yes, Julia's just a bitch. Exactly. Uh, exactly. They didn't turn, they didn't turn her into a villain. And, um, you know, it, it was, you know, sure, you know, she has flaws as everybody has flaws. But, you know, I think, you know, in the end, um, you know, she learns so much, uh, about, you know, her behavior and, you know, works to try and rectify it. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it would have, it would have really disappointed me if they had gone down that route. Um, there isn't really a need to like have a villain in this story, mm-hmm. which I really respect. Like, yeah. there's just a everybody makes mistakes in this story. Like Malcolm, mm-hmm. um, Selena, to even Selena, who is like an angel on earth, <laughs> is complicit in the deceit. Yeah. Um, and like she's obviously going along with the scheme so that she has an opportunity to like live in London mm-hmm. and like hang out with some friends, yeah, <laughs> which is totally understandable. <laughs> like, there's no villain, there's no victim, there's just a lot of hijinks and misunderstandings yes. and people doing things that um they shouldn't. Yes. Which is like my favorite kind of drama <laughs> where it's like it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about the Selena and Malcolm? Mr. Malcolm, sorry, I keep calling him Malcolm. That's not his first name. It's very confusing. Um, I know. <laughs> what did you think about their relationship? Oh, I thought it was, it was so cute. I mean, you know, it, it was so funny that, you know, he was immediately drawn to her. Um, and she was, you know, kind of like, this is the one you want me to really? Cause he's wow. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was clear that <laughs> it was clear that they both, uh, had, uh, affection for one another. And, you know, even with all the, the plotting and scheming that was going on, uh, you know, it, it he was just falling ass over tea kettle um for her and uh you know i think one of the things that that cracked me up was how they um faked her musical ability oh my god and the look on his face he was like yes my dear selena oh and that was just a delight oh my god and then when he's talking about her with his mother and he says that she's like sent from god i was like oh man yeah that is some deep (laughs) deep delusion as well like he needs to (laughs) he needs to uh chill out a little because no one's that perfect yeah bring it back down to earth a little bit um you know it it was it was really kind of delightful to see um him just completely bes- just besotted with her. I d- they had like a really cute energy, like sweet, um, mm-hmm. intellectual, and very kind. I think like they when they were talking to each other in that first time they met, um, and they didn't know who each other were. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, they're really well suited. Like yeah. he's a bit of a drama king, <laughs> and. <laughs> she's very sensible like this will work um Mm -hmm. but they do have like a very similar temperament um and outlook and i was just like oh they they this is like a relationship that makes sense to me in my head um so often when i watch romances i'm like oh so you just think she's hot (laughs) like but they're (laughs) There's always a sense with him that he's actually listening to her talk, which is gold. <laughs> um, yes. Um, and there's just like his performance. This whole movie is just so 
emotional the whole time. Like mm-hmm. he has heart eyes and just like <laughs> he's just so besotted. It's just lovely to watch. He is, he is the greenest flag. <laughs> <laughs> well, apart from his list. Oh, oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah. The list. Yeah. But when it comes to Selena, he is the greenest flag. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I met a guy with a list like that, I would be like, I no, my my man, no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, interesting that you know you've done some thinking around this, but to actually have a physical list. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? That he carries in his pocket at all times. It's insane. It's like, and then he's like, oh my God, people think I'm pompous. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Do you think he's just so practical minded that he can't see that as a problem? (laughs) I'm just like, how did you not foresee that people would have a problem with this? Um, Oh my god. Oh uh, lord. Bless him. He is especially yeah. awkward as well. Um Yes. The other relationship that I'm absolutely I'm obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Michelle. Uh Julia and Henry. <laughs> oh my god. W- wasn't that just wonderful? I mean, you know, when initially when uh Henry shows up and you know it's clear that that he's going to attempt to be a rival uh for Mr. Malcolm uh or for Selena and um you know initially i was like oh no then we're not going to have the the rival thing that happens in so many of these the K-drama uh, thing. stories <laughs> yeah you know it's like oh my god is he going to be you know like a wickham or you know that kind of thing and it was really refreshing that that didn't happen. And, you know, his attentions turned to Julia. Um, and the way that the two of them came together was was really just so sweet. Plus Theo James! <laughs> Plus Theo James! <laughs> like, oh my god. The way that I went back to simping for Theo James, like as soon as he walked back on screen, I was like, Oh yeah, Theo James in a period drama yeah. is my jam. <laughs> Even with that silly moustache, I was here for it. I was like, "Oh my god, that blue coat on him!" Oh my god. Anyway, um, <laughs> it it was definitely one of my favorite plots, um, in the novel, and it really didn't disappoint in this adaptation. Uh-huh. I think um they don't both did like a really good job with building it. Um, because they had like mm-hmm. the plot sort of romance happens like really towards the end of the of the film, but like from the first mm-hmm. scene they're on screen together, it's just like lots of looking at each other and bloody banter. <laughs> and, oh my god, Theo James like picks up a grape in the first scene that he's with her, and then like sticks his whole <laughs> tongue out. <laughs> sexually and then it's yes. like see look at my tongue it's like okay what's going on here <laughs> it's just like they had like oh, sizzlingly gosh. good on-screen chemistry and yeah yeah really really hot and i was thinking like it's really rare in a period drama to have like like usually it's uh the rebellious kind of chaotic man being tamed by the mature woman and like this really Mm -hmm. subverted that in a fun way i was like oh Mm -hmm. this is why i like this um actually one of my like (laughs) one of my favorite moments and it's really subtle is when you know selena's faking playing the piano and malcolm's like heart eyes emoji um if you look over (laughs) to julia and henry they both yawn at the exact same time (laughs) they're both like this is shit (laughs) (laughs) i was like so (laughs) oh gosh It, it it was really delightful to see the two of them pair up and then when he proposes and he lifts her up and she like squeals and she must be like a good foot taller than him it's just i love that i love that (laughs) 
Oh, gosh. Swan! My other, like, heart eyes emojis performance was Lord uh, Cassie. Um, possibly my favourite character question mark. Yeah. He, <laughs> what a wonderful character. Yeah, he must have had such a blast doing that part. This is, like, really um, far from what I expect from him, because he, so far I've only ever seen him in, like, really dramatic roles. Um, and it was fabulous mm-hmm. to realize that he has such, like, perfect comedic timing. I would love him to do mm-hmm. more, like, rom-coms. And, I mean, his chemistry with Zoe as Julia was sensational i mean oh yes <laughs> they apparently they were like riffing a lot on on set and they were they were like coming up with a lot of like bits to do in the backgrounds uh i wouldn't be surprised if his mispronouncing <laughs> socrates and plato were like him coming up i mean yeah how did he pronounce Socrates? it was it socrates socrates yeah I, <laughs> like what I, I I did the kind of puppy head tilt uh, when he said that. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, dude. (laughs) I wonder if the whole, the whole, um, you know, the whole running bit about him being scared of horses Mm -hmm. was like also one of those things because it's just so random. (laughs) He's had an actual fucking horse auction (laughs) at stables, like all these places with horses and he's like, no, keep them away, keep them away. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh my gosh. And then did you, did you watch the end credits because they had um, all these um, caricatures in the end credits one of them was about him um, riding a horse and I was like oh full circle I would watch a spin-off of him just like him overcoming his fear it would be hilarious oh god yeah um I and I loved what they did with the end credits um that was such a nice treat uh to to end the film with um but uh yeah Lord Cassie uh 10 out of 10 another thing about this movie that I really enjoy is just like all the little side characters uh, Gertie Covington <laughs> played by Ashley Park was also just so funny <laughs> in a way I didn't really expect because she's she's so much older in the book and then she comes up, um, on screen in this movie I was like but okay but she's like young and cute like this isn't a problem and then she opens her mouth and it's like oh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just, it was fluff. You know how we talk about, you know, like reading fluff uh, fanfics and things like that? This was fluff, and it was wonderful fluff. In the nicest way. Yes. <laughs> what were your favorite characters and performances? Uh, I really thought that, um, and the name of the actress who played Selena just flew out of my head. Oh, Frida Pinto. Okay. I was going to say that, and I was like, no. I think that's a painter. <laughs> Are you thinking you're afraid of Carlo? It's like, okay, right first name, last name's a little different. Um, I thought she did a great job. And it's like, it's not really the most glamorous of roles. Mm-hmm. She's like the good girl. Um, but she made, she made her like really like quite likable and like just her face whenever she's around. Julia and Cassie is just amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when they were teaching her how to dance. She was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) But yeah, probably, probably uh, Selena and Lord Cassie. Uh, I liked Mr. Malcolm as well. I I thought he was pretty swoony. Chope is a complete revelation to me because I was kind of blown away by his emotional range he really has these amazing eyes like Mm -hmm. oh my god his eyes like and the and when he's like proposing at the end and tearing up i was just like oh my god this man (laughs) is amazing why doesn't he have more leading roles um i think he's a bit of an untapped talent, but I mean, yes. okay, we know why he's not getting more leading uh, roles. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know. But I'm annoyed about it um, because uh-huh. I read an interview where he said, like, 
he didn't even know that he could do this because he he hadn't really watched period dramas because mm-hmm. obviously he's not really represented of them. Yeah. And he didn't really believe that he was capable of it until they asked him to do it. Um, <laughs> and there was like, I don't know, that, like that. that's also another aspect that I think is important mm-hmm. that we've got to consider is that these actors are also struggling to see themselves at these these parts. Um, and that's depressing because you should be able to play absolutely yeah, anyone. Absolutely. If you're an actor. Absolutely. It's probably un- untapping something in them as well that they can, they have like this whole other range they didn't know about. And mm-hmm. um, it's just, just give him more roles. I love him. I think I've, I, I mean, I'm even considering watching his TV show, which is really not my bag. What is his TV show? Oh, he's in a show called Gangs of London, which oh. yeah. just from the names of name alone, you will know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> not yeah, really my bag. I don't, I don't so. really do crime drama, um, but I might watch it because it's it's a British TV show, so there's only going to be like what, like six <laughs> episodes a season, like not much. Um, but I keep here's the thing. This actor, I was aware of because there's so many fucking adverts for his TV show on TV. So I was like, it's uh-huh. that guy. Uh, so when I saw him in this role, I was like, oh, he's good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna maybe follow his career now. Thank you, Shopee. Um, my, my personal favorite was, um, uh, Zoe as Julia because mm-hmm. um, when I was comparing it to the Gemma Chan version of the role because I uh-huh. went back and rewatched the short, I was like, oh, like no shade to Gemma Chan, <laughs> but mm-hmm. this is better. And I yeah. think what she managed to do was inject a lot more like pace and humor mm-hmm. into the script. And when you're able to like compare that there are scenes that are just shot for shot the same and you're able to compare them and I think she's just like light years ahead in terms of comedic timing. Mm-hmm. And like this isn't really a diss to Gemma Chan because I Zoe's got like a bigger back catalogue of comedy in her. Um and I don't think this is necessarily Gemma Chan's shtick, but mm-hmm. it's just I just think she was able to bring something to the table that this film really needed. Um, she, I think, like Gemma Chan has way too much poise to ever make Julia's character work in a way because Julia is kind of her whole thing is she's a mess. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. just like flailing around <laughs> trying to make something work. Like, oh, we're going to get revenge. I don't really know how yet. Um, and yeah. then with Gemma Chan's performance, I was like, she just, I think she would have come across as too cold and it would have, wouldn't have been as likable. Uh-huh. So I loved her and I would die for her. Um, and I think maybe <laughs> Julia is my favorite character. She's your spirit animal. We live on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does the wrong thing, but you forgive her. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh uh, yeah, I thought that she was great. And when you mentioned the the side by sides, the the one that that comes to mind is the scene where they're at the opera. Oh yeah. And you know, if you watch the the two uh side by side, you know, you could you can see precisely what it is that you're talking about with regards to timing and and everything. Um but uh yeah, this it, she was great. They got she had 48 hours to decide if she was going to be in this movie because she was... Yeah, that's crazy. She was, she was like, <laughs> reading the script and then she had to fly out from Atlanta and then she had to be in quarantine for <gasps> 10 days. So it's like, how are you this good? Oh how my dare gosh. You? How dare you? Favorite scenes? Oh, God. Do you have all day? <laughs> I noticed re-watching that, by the way, they used... Mr. Malcolm's mother as the narrator at the start of the film. And I was like, oh, that is smart. That is some smart use of that. She has a very distinct voice. I recognized it instantly. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's like, I I love that actress, whoever she is. Love you. Love you. Um, She has like this very distinct voice that's like half posh, half 
regional ac- northern accent so it's like there is like this quality to his mother that's like more down to earth than him that i loved um mm-hmm. but anyway we're talking about favorite scenes um i really liked um that scene where julie is describing how to not get wrinkles <laughs> And she's like, I like to meditate on the ocean. And then she just zones out completely. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) She's just priceless. The scene in the orangery, Mm -hmm. um, just for the lighting, just for the moonlight, cascading, like that is a romantic cliche. Uh, Theo (laughs) James walking in with that blue coat on. Yes. uh, Just for the way... Theo James just eats up. Like, Theo James owns this genre, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just walks in with this, his silly moustache yes. and crazy hair <laughs> and is like, I'm going to eat this grape seductively and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> love him. Oh. Um, I love when uh, Julia gives Selena her bonnet because you know I appreciate a bonnet. Yes. And that was like a really emotional bonnet. Um, that time that Julia screamed, Mommy, no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was fantastic. I love any scene with Malcolm's mother in general. Yes. Henry trying to teach Julia how to shoot and sh- Julia just being like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah I'm I'm go- I'm go- I got this. Uh, the dancing. The whole sequence at the masquerade ball was just like, Yeah. Just absolute period drama nerds wet dream like it was just everything you want beautiful dancing mm-hmm. the costumes the lighting the drama of yes them, of them all realizing the scheme was happening like it was just chef's kiss perfect yes um, what were some of yours um well you've named most of them um uh i <laughs> the whole movie like i've seen it so many times um you know i loved you know the the scene i actually loved the scene in the rose garden um you know it was it was emotional Um, it yeah it just hit on all of the targets for a scene like that um and you know i found myself just you know going no no, please just talk a little bit more. Don't be so angry. <laughs> just be... <laughs> oh, gosh. And then when she left. I was like, more like, girl, you need to leave because he is being ridiculous. And I was like, no, thank you. He is accusing you of... It is so clear that you did not set this up because you would have worn a better outfit. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> And, uh, you know, when, when she leaves, you know, and then he shows up at kind of like, oh, she's, she's left. <laughs> what do you think she was going to do? Do you think she was going <laughs> to hang around after all of that craziness that just happened? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Doesn't she say like, oh, I hope you and your list are very happy together? Yes. Like, I was just like, oh, <laughs> she's good. I respect. Yes. I respect that. Yes. Uh, and I think that was one of the things that, that I really liked about this was the, the, the strength of the, the women characters, um, was really well represented, um, by, you know, by each of them, you know, of Selena, Julia, um, uh, oh gosh, his mother, I've got the list up, Lady Kilborn. Um, uh, the actress's name is Donna Kroll. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but uh, she's a Jamaican British actress. We love you and your voice. Oh, you're fabulous. Um, so, you know, I think. <laughs> Yeah, the the entire end section, um, I loved. Yeah, and I agree with you. Like the the female characters were really they had some integrity to them. Like Julia had the strength to admit she was wrong and apologize and try to rectify it. Um, and Selena stood her ground about what she was willing to put up with, and it wasn't like 
being denigrated by some man with a stupid list. Women didn't have to change or, like, be forgiven for wanting what they wanted. Like, Julia ends up getting the man almost because of her flaws, because he's like, you know, you're kind of crazy, but I'm into it. Um, And with Selena, it's like her integrity is what makes Malcolm respect her so much, and he has to, like, overcome his own shit with his guards. He has too many guards up, apparently, according to his mother. Um, And that's the conflict that they have to overcome. It's not about, like, the women changing for this man. My favourite topic of discussion. (laughs) Costumes! Gorgeous! Gorgeous, gorgeous! Just 10 out of 10, really. They made all of Julia Thistlewaite's costumes <laughs> in the span, like while they were shooting. Because, oh my god! Um, they had to remake them all. Remember? Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> they got a new actress who is like two foot. She's like two foot taller than the original oh actress, gosh. who is a short Asian lady. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! I wonder if they were just like, um, put the gown on her. We won't shoot from like the knees up and it's actually like <laughs> it's actually like you know at her shins yes <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious oh um, the costumes are glorious i'm looking at some of the pictures from the film and um you know the you know of course the the men in their uh coats with their waistcoats and breeches <laughs> Just looking, just looking the part. I love the hats, the big, broad um, top hat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, really uh, nice looking on the, the head. Um, the costumes for the masquerade ball, uh, they were gorgeous. Uh, I love the choice of the costumes for each character as well, because it's like, I mean, Mr. Malcolm as Romeo. Um, is just 10 out of 10 perfect because mm-hmm. i especially thought um um when he accidentally runs into selena like their run-in was very romeo and juliet-ish and then to oh be like, very much so what's your name oh no <laughs> <laughs> so then to have um him dress up as like full-on romeo was perfect um, yeah and oh. then with Ju- julia julia's costume as uh georgiana cavendish uh, mm-hmm. The Duchess of Devonshire uh, was just absolutely like perfect. She would sh- see herself as like oh, God, the greatest yes. um, asset to society. Yes, just absolutely, and she looked amazing. Like that costume and the wig. Oh, she looked really good with that wig on. I was mm-hmm. like, how are you pulling that off? Yeah, uh, uh, Bridgerton, Bridgerton folks, take note of how they did the the wigs on this one because they were they were snatched <laughs> and they had a smaller budget um <laughs> just saying <laughs> <laughs> i loved the uh unknown greek fellow outfit for cassie um mm-hmm. i thought him just constantly talking about how free he felt between his legs was just yes! so awkward. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Gertie as Marie Antoinette was also just like, oh, you know how I love the tiny ships on the <laughs> on people's heads. Like yes. that's amazing. I wish I wish more people wore ships on their heads. Oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> How did you feel about the the Celine Moon Goddess look? Because I wasn't really a fan. Really, I thought it was very pretty. I, I thought think... I thought it was it was a, maybe have been a little risque. Oh yeah, well maybe. it's a costume party. Yeah, uh, it's your opportunity to slut it up. <laughs> I don't like cold shoulders. I thought like that was. <laughs> It was a bit eighties. I was just the rest of it was gorgeous, but the shoulders. I was just like, I don't understand them. You either want exposed shoulders or you want to be covered up. I don't understand. It's like the mullet of shoulders. Um, you can't have it both ways. Oh my goodness! 
And see, I'm a bit of a fan of the cold shoulder because I'm always warm. Oh, <laughs> so, see, in that respect, just wear cold a tank, shoulders work for just me. Just wear a tank top. <laughs> just, just tank it up. Um, I love all the costumes. Like there were loads of really beautiful, deep, rich yeah. velvets and muslins, and she mm-hmm. even had like this leather jacket at one point, and the the like hat combo that was great. Like I, one thing I thought was really evident was like the texture of all yeah. these different um textiles mm-hmm. i think some period drama costumers don't really get is how these costumes um in the right kind of lighting can really add depth to the scene and yes i'm looking at you bridgerton that mm-hmm. uses the same fucking fabrics for every single gown <laughs> i think if you want to add more variety to uh, the textures of your um, costumes, it makes a huge difference. It makes everything look more rich and expensive mm-hmm. and you don't need to then add a bunch of tacky embellishments <laughs> all over your gowns that look too busy, I'm just saying. Um, so overall, 10 out of 10. I mean, the bonnets alone would make it... Yes. I mean, that peach bonnet. That was gorgeous. I was like, oh my god, if she she's giving you that bonnet, she must really like you. <laughs> like, that is a friendship. How did you like um, Cassie's, you know, basically ankle-length jacket with the fur lining? Oh, I loved that. I loved that he was so... He looked snugly. Yeah. He was just <laughs> living it up. Not, he, I love that he was like, he was like, I'm going to have this fur, yes. fur blanket. I'm just going to have my tea and not get involved with the courtship nonsense. Yes. <laughs> just going to chill. So how do we feel about Theo James's moustache? That's the most important part. I Dear think. Lord. Do you think he grew that moustache for the role also? I don't know. I am. Oh God, I'm looking at a picture of him, and it's just. I still would, Michelle. I still I, would. I know you would. Climb him like a tree. <laughs> I would then ask him to shave afterwards, but yeah. it would still be happening. Like, yeah. Um. I. Uh, you know. I think that is definitely his facial hair. Um. And I. Ugh. It needs to go. Needs to go. I like the curls, though. Like, I didn't know he had curls. Oh, the curls were wonderful. Like, just an adorable aspect about him. The curls were wonderful. Um, Yeah, I'm looking at a uh, picture of him. uh, It's a still from the film. And he's looking up at someone. And so he's got his eyebrow kind of arched and curls all over his head. And it's like... Oh, dear God, you need to warn people. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. (laughs) You just can't, like, whip that out. You know, how dare you? (laughs) How dare you? And the thing is, like, I don't... Normally, it's like, if it's Theo James outside of period drama costumes, not really that interested. Um, But then, like, (laughs) he puts on a cravat and a waistcoat, and I'm like, ah... Again, when he walked. Oh my god, the fact that he was playing a military man was just too much because I was then like, oh no, Captain Lennox. Oh god, it's Rita's kryptonite. Oh no, she's doomed. I. We need to also talk about the hat they put. They put on um, Co- Mrs. Covington slash Gertie slash Ashley Park. I mean. <laughs> That hat. And then she also says, thank God I dressed so sensibly yes. today. And it's just like... Sensibly? Okay, there's like seven dead birds on really, your head. Really, Queen? Sensibly? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, just, I, I think we should all go through life with as much joy and just obliviousness <laughs> and fashion sense as her because she was really just like living her best life and she met husband number three Uh by the end of this film so (laughs) i wonder if she met him at that ball because she was having the time of her life she was you go queen uh locations goodness they were all over the place in ireland 
and the streets of Dublin? Yeah, like, so the whole film was filmed in Ireland, oh. which I thought was, like, I was like, oh, that's why I don't recognize any <laughs> of the locations. So the locations can't get you pissed off this Not time. to be a hater, but <laughs> I can't be like, excuse you, I've seen that house 17 times before and I'm tired of it. Um, though I, I did recognize... Uh, Cole Ruddy mm-hmm. House, which was Mr. Malcolm's estate. I did recognise that from an episode of The Tudors. Oh. But it's um, it's like such a... Everybody Google Cole Ruddy House. It, it looks but, uh, uh, stunning. House, it's absolutely just insanely beautiful. It looks insane. It's like the ultimate rich person. Oh my gosh. Um, it has... um like a, a huge conservatory which is uh-huh. a huge part of the novel i was like are we getting the conservatory scene and we did not and that's no. just such a waste because look at that conservatory it's, everyone google it's the conservatory. incredible it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen it is incredible <laughs> i was like wasted oh my gosh. opportunities gosh but just in general i think they shot a lot on locations and you can you can really tell in how everything's filmed like it's very um naturalistic lighting mm-hmm. and i think they probably had a lot of um real locations and real set dressing and things and it just mm-hmm. what it, that does is it mimics a style of like previous classics of the genre i think yeah. It it reminded me a bit of um, those nineties um, period dramas we all mm-hmm. obsessed over, mm-hmm. um, much more than like some of the more recent um, period dramas we yeah. reviewed have been much more modern um, in, in in its techniques. But I think because the script was quite like rom commy, modern, very light, very witty. It was nice to have that sort of contrast with kind of more of your classics, mm-hmm. you know, your prides and prejudices. Oh yeah. my god, did you notice there were pride and prejudice um, quite sprinkled throughout this film? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to you've got to pay your homage, you know, to the lady herself. Somebody says something about ter- tolerable enough. Um, handsome enough to tempt. I think it might have been Cassie. Um, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> that was sneaky. <laughs> um, you know I love an homage. Yes. But just in general, I thought really beautifully filmed and excellent locations. And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, when we first wind up seeing the house, you know, I was immediately reminded of, you know, Pride and Prejudice when um, Lizzie is, you know, seeing um, Pemberley for the first time. Um, and, you know, the the mansion that they used for um, Pemberley uh, is just so exquisite. Um, had that same kind of feel. I- I also like that they made Mr. Malcolm rich, but not like ridiculously. Mm-hmm. I live in an estate owned by a Duke Big. This is mm-hmm. always bugging me about Pride and Prejudice. I'm like, <laughs> why is he in a mansion that is like the most expensive house in England? Like he's not that rich. Come on. Yeah, twenty thousand a year. You know, he's a millionaire. He's not a right. billionaire. Like, right. calm down. Um. Uh, anything you didn't like? I mean, this is my bugbear for all period dramas, really. Mm-hmm. They're all guilty of this, and it's um, casting people who are not 22. <laughs> to try and, I mean, Zoe and Frida are almost 40. And I love them. And, you know, they're very beautiful people, mm-hmm. but... Ain't nobody looking 22 anymore. There's just a very specific look of, like, fresh-eyed, dewy nonsense yes. that they do not have. It's going to be a real challenge. It wasn't something that I immediately noticed. You know, I I, I, I bought it. I bought it because I was kind of swept up in the moment. 
you know, but if I had to kind of sit back and think about it, I would be like, (laughs) I think also it's just because I have so much, I've been watching these two actresses and things for so long that I'm like, I know you're not 22. (laughs) Like, where were we 10 years ago? You were playing 22 year olds then. Um, (laughs) Oh, gosh. But I mean, like, like I say, period dramas are very guilty of this. Like, name me a period drama that has the, well, actually, Pride and Prejudice is the only example I can think of where they actually cast the right age for everyone. Um, <laughs> the modern one, obviously, yes. not the 90s one no. where they were all into their 30s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I know how you feel about that one. <laughs> How many bonnets out of five? Oh, five. Yeah, I thought it was wonderful. And an extra bonnet for the peach one. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And I've watched it a lot of times, and I've yet to find that many flaws. You know? (laughs) It holds up. (laughs) This was a a wonderful one, and I would totally recommend uh, anyone listening out there to to put this put this on your list for um movies to watch cuz it's it's delightful. I mean unless you're in Australia cuz strap on in it's going to be <laughs> gonna a while until you can get it on demand. <laughs> I mean I can't believe that it's not out in the UK for streaming, you know, purchase. I was annoyed about it before and then I realized like how low budget <laughs> this, this is an independent movie. Um, so it's like maybe they're having issues getting distributors mm. here. I don't know. It's just it is really a, it's frustrating as a podcaster, yeah. but as somebody who enjoys period um, movies, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like I'll support it. <laughs> just support your independent period yes. dramas people and put up with the fuckery because we just we need them to get made and we need whatever i will put up with whatever <laughs> oh gosh okay shall we dive into our inbox mm-hmm. okay uh here's our first uh letter uh loved it loved the movie bought it run it on a loop Sounds familiar. Love the book and love the audiobook too. Uh, it is really fun. I've thought about how the film ventured from the book, and I have to say, in the book, the hilarity of them ending up wet and compromised was something I would have loved to have seen in the film. Okay, mm-hmm. you may have to talk me through that one. Um, There's a fountain. There might be some falling into some fountains. I'm just saying. Oh, um. delightful. <laughs> Uh, let's see I like how it took a turn and how he was actively trying to convince Selena to marry him after they were compromised into their engagement and he was head over heels in love with her I liked her having the power position Uh, can't wait to hear your podcast XO Aaron thanks Aaron thanks Aaron I think yeah so the book and the movie sort of very similar until the last sort of act where um mm-hmm. it deviates slightly um i'm having like real trouble <laughs> remembering all the different plot points of how the book ended but i think there's uh-huh. two separate scenes where she gets dunked in water and like pretty much oh. everyone Everyone ropes in and has a little scheme trying to um, get these two crazy kids together. And I mean, it would have been fun to see that on screen, but I also think it's... I really like the change that they made because, like, oh my god, the sweeping romance of him chasing her on horseback is just... <laughs> the drama. The drama! I love it. Yes. Drama! Um, Hi, ladies. I was excited to see this movie when it came out, and frankly, it was a disappointment. There was nothing new or exciting or even interesting about the story or the cast. If this had come out prior to the juggernaut that is Bridgerton, it would have been much more exciting with the diverse actors. But right now, it felt like a bit of a coattail riding. I've not read the book upon which this is based, and after seeing the movie, have no desire to read it. I think also that Frida Pinto 
and Zoe Ashton would have been better cast as the mamas as they are clearly too <laughs> old in both appearance and reality to be attempting to play the 18 to 22 year old Regency debutante characters. Thanks for doing what you do. And this is from Gwen from Kansas City. Mm, oh, thanks, Gwen. Gwen. I'm sad you didn't like it, but fair enough. Fair enough. You know, some are hits and some are misses, uh, but we really appreciate you writing in. Uh, dear Rita and dear Michelle and Rita, I so look forward to listening to you two podcast queens making me laugh too loud in awkward places. You always give me a fresh perspective on all things costume drama. You're a true delight. Like everyone else, I saw the Refinery 21 short film on YouTube for Mr. Malcolm's List. I then sent the link to my sister. Then I compulsively rewatched the short an embarrassing amount of times. <laughs> I would Google the title to see when the full-length film was finally going to be under production and gave my sister the novel for Christmas. Then I gave up. Skipping forward to present day. You better believe we were in the theater laughing like children when it was released here in the States and had a great time. The costumes and casting and locations were chef's kiss. What a great year for period dramas. Can't wait to hear all your opinions. Take care, Beth. Thanks, Beth. Oh, thanks, Beth. Oh, I mean, that sounds fun. I wish I'd seen it in the cinemas now, but then I was also like, I can't be taking notes in the cinemas. <laughs> Can you imagine how, how good that final scene where he's riding in on horseback? There's so many like epic landscape shots in the final oh, yeah. scene that I would have been like incredible. <laughs> anyway. Thank you, Beth. Oh gosh. Okay, so that's it from us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back soon with a Halloween special. We're doing a commentary track for Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. So if you want to get involved with that madness, join in the discussion and email us at inthebooksnetwork at gmail.com. And follow us on social medias at In The Books for more period drama takes from us. We're also looking for suggestions for future films or TV shows to cover. So get in contact with suggestions. Um, please remember to rate, review and subscribe. And we'll see you all next time. Bye bye.